0: You know, a part of the solution. I think we have a picture of the solution, right, Brett? Be a part of the solution, not not a part of the problem. <laughs> Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. <laughs> so, uh, good lesson for us all to have. I want to... Say thank you to Renee for getting me those pictures. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) When Miss Kathy heard we were getting TV, she goes, Oh, now you're going to put up the worst pictures of me possible up there. I hadn't even thought of it. But I sure appreciate the idea, Miss Kathy. Thank you for that. I'm going to ask Pastor Paul if you don't mind coming up here for a second. And uh, obviously. We'll be in Matthew chapter 4 this morning. Matthew chapter 4. I've cried more in the last seven years than I cried in the previous however many years I've been alive. Uh, Just watching what God's doing and has done for us is just so humbling and encouraging and to watch God's people literally throughout the world Uh, invest into our little church so that we can do more in our community is such a blessing. And this morning I'd like to talk with us, I have not said, by the way, Happy Father's Day yet, Happy Father's Day, and I know we have some in our church that are experiencing their first uh, Father's Day without their fathers, and man, that just breaks my heart. Uh, But I pray that those of you who still have the opportunity to make a phone call and spend some time with your fathers. I hope that you'll do so uh, today. Matthew chapter 4, familiar passage in Scripture, a familiar part of Scripture that we see. We're going to read two verses as a uh, diving board for the message this morning. Starting in verse number 19, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19. Actually, let's go to verse 18. The Bible says in Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. This morning, I'd like to take just a few moments and look at three things about following Jesus. We have a lot of young people in the room today, and uh, sometimes we think when we talk about following Jesus, we're, we're kind of speaking to the kids or to the teenagers or to the college students, and we say, you know, now is the time that you're preparing for adulthood. You're, you're getting to that point now where you're thinking. We have conversations all the time in youth group about what do you want to do when that time comes, when you're an adult, when you get out on your own? What is your plan for when you so-called grow up? Some of us still haven't. But uh, that plan, what are you wanting to do? What do you think the Lord wants you to do uh, for when you get out of the house? And sometimes we get in this mindset of this following Jesus thing has to do with young people learning uh, to follow now so that they'll follow when they're older. And we kind of forget about the fact that no matter how old we are, we're still requested by God to follow him. There's never a time in your life that God will not desire for you to follow him. But sadly, there are many times in our lives where we're not following him. and So this morning, I want to look at three things um, about following Jesus. God, I pray for your help this morning. I pray as we look over a familiar thought, maybe one that we've heard before. But God, I pray that today you would give us something fresh, something new. Lord, remind us of something. Convict us of needs that, uh, in our lives that need to be changed. And God, draw us to you. Lord, I pray that as I present these verses that I would do it clearly and that I would do it correctly. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Three things about following Jesus. Number one this morning, follow Jesus to be made Follow Jesus to be made. Look in verse number 19. The Bible says, and he said unto them, follow me and I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. Sometimes we think, well, because of this talent that I have, if I follow Jesus, he will surely use this talent to be a blessing to others. Sometimes we think because of this personality that I have, if I follow Jesus, he will use my personality to impact others. He might, but we don't follow Jesus because of what we can do. We follow Jesus because of what he can make us. We see in verse uh, Jeremiah 18, excuse me, the Bible says, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand. In this passage, he's talking to Israel. But I believe the same is true with all of God's children. He is the potter. We are the clay and he can mold us and he can make us and he can shape us into what he desires for us to be. Clay on the table is just clay. Clay in the potter's hand is a masterpiece. Moses was a stutter, a quick tempered man, and God made him a leader of people. Saul, who we call Paul, was someone who persecuted Christians, divided families, beat Christians, was a part of murderers. Yet the potter made him a world changer, a preacher, a church planter, a missionary, an evangelist, and even used him to pen some scripture. Rahab was a harlot, and the potter made her a hero. An example of faith the maniac of Gadara was a maniac the potter made him sane what are you better yet what can God make you if you're not following Jesus you will never know if we follow God we will see then what he can Develop us into I've met people Who were addicted to drugs who were dealing drugs who were alcoholics who were abusers Who were what we would consider filthy filthy people and i've watched as god has transformed their lives Into someone because they followed god It wasn't until they followed god That god changed them That God molded them, that God made them from the, what we might consider to be useless, and to the magnificent. Some of the most faithful people that I've ever met are people who've gone through some pretty rough things in their past. But when they followed God, he transformed them. And he made them into something special. You see, we don't follow God because of who we are. We follow God because of who he is. And if we do so, God can make us into something special. Follow God to be made. Number two, follow God to help others. He says there in verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Wednesday night's message by Pastor Paul was a wonderful message on serving, being a servant as Jesus served. If we're following God to help others, if we just take a, a, a little bit, a little bit of time to look at what Jesus did while he was on the earth. If you just walk, look at Jesus's life, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels, and you look through Jesus's life and see what he did, what did he do? He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He fellowshiped with the lonely and with the outcasts. He comforted the hurting He took time for the multitudes and he invested in the average. Sometimes we get this mindset that I only want to help the people who already look like me. I'm willing to help the people who are willing to act like me. That's not what it's about. Jesus in his time on this earth and the ministry that he had while he was here on earth before he gave his life for us was always about others. Yes. He took some time to rest here and there, but his ministry was not about himself. Amazingly. It was about others that was drawing them to himself, but it was always about others. He didn't go to the religious crowd. He was happy to speak with them. He was happy to talk with them. He loved them too. But if I may paraphrase and use my own opinion on this, the religious crowd didn't want anything to do with Jesus. There were religious people who came to Christ. Nicodemus being one of the prime examples. But religious people, they get caught up in their actions and they're sitting there going, well, I'm doing good and I'm, I'm, I'm following the rules and all these sorts of things. And they get caught up in their own works. Following Jesus isn't about me. Jesus is our perfect example. And on this earth, he always helped other people. And before he left the earth, he gave a command in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, he says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In Mark, it is written down. Uh, from a different viewpoint, a different perspective, but the same command, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, others. Our theme for the last uh, year and a half has been love thy neighbor. And we've talked about it, but if you're going to love your neighbor, you're going to actually have to do something. And you will not be able to love thy neighbor if you don't first love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. You know why? Because your neighbor is going to fail. Because your neighbor is going to do things that you go, I can't love that. Because your neighbor is going to give you reasons to not love them. yet, if we love God and God loves us, we love our neighbors to show our love for God. Following Jesus following God Will involve helping other people. Why because that's what Christ did He helped others I mean you look through all the examples and the people that Christ helped all the different things um, That Christ did for people where, where even his own disciples at the time are going Jesus. I don't think we should be here But there was a reason why he was there there was a reason why he was with that person it was to help them. The world is in a great need of someone to love them. Of someone to invest in them. Of someone to share with them the love of Jesus. If I may just give you a few quick stats. There are currently, at least as most recent re- reports and research, 3,945 languages with no scripture in their language, not a word of it. 3,945 languages that have not yet had the word of God translated into their tongue. That's approximately 255 million people without the word of God. Any portion of the word of God. In central Kentucky, 39% of adults attend church once per week. I looked it up. In eastern Tennessee, 51% as of the most recent Pew Research. It means there's a lot of people right around us wherever we are that have a need of someone to come alongside of them and share the love of Jesus with them. If we follow God, he's going to lead us to people. He's going to lead us to others to help others. The priority is the gospel that Jesus Christ came and that he died and that he was buried and that he rose again and he did it for me and he did it for you and he did it for our neighbors. That's the priority. And if we're following Jesus, he's going to lead us to people who need Jesus. Christ was never satisfied with only helping someone physically. He always helped them spiritually. What good is a bottle of water to a lost soul if the gospel is not with it? We have to be careful because the world will tell us if we're nice to someone, then we've helped them. And I'm not saying be mean to people. But as Christians, we ought to be nice and include the gospel. We can build wells in in countries that need water and help them physically, but if we don't offer them the water that will make them never thirst again, then what's the point? You remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man, and the rich man looking up, crying out for just a, a, a dip of a finger into water to touch his tongue. That's because the earthly water is going to do no good in hell. And I encourage you help people love your neighbors do good things for them help them around the yard help them in different ways But make sure you give them the gospel Because if jesus is our example, he always helped people physically and spiritually Now we can't heal people if you can please speak to me afterwards, Uh, but uh, we can't heal people We're not god. We don't have the miraculous powers that god had or that. He gave to some others But yet we still have the same great news that Jesus was spreading. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he's given me his word, literally, his word, where I can go and share it with other people. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to help others. And then lastly, I know some of you are going, wow, that's fast. Even our own church people are thinking that this morning. Uh, Lastly, follow God with commitment. Have you ever been called a follower before? A lot of times they're they're talking about people's personalities. They say they're either a leader or a follower. And usually when they say it's a follower, it's a bad thing. I've watched kids. I spent a lot of my life working with kids and... You can tell pretty fast the kids who are followers versus the ones who are leaders. Um, at camp, we were always told that uh, the, uh, the rebellious kids will find the other rebellious kids pretty fast. We had churches come from all over the country, and uh, people who never met each other before, yet within two hours, similar personalities have met up. It is so strange to watch people from Texas and people from Ohio, and both youth pastors going, oh, no. It's crazy. They're followers, and all of a sudden you see people who just kind of follow, and they kind of go with this direction for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it kind of shifts, and now they're following this way, and they're never really committed to anything. They're just kind of following whatever they think people expect from them. You see, Jesus is a leader that's worth following. And if we're going to follow Jesus, may I encourage you to do it with commitment. In verse 20, it says, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. It says in verse 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, Uh, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and they immediately left the ship, that's their livelihood, that's their income, and their father, that's their family, and followed him. That's commitment. I've met parents whose children were called to the mission field, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, God, please don't take them. And their children committed to follow Jesus and they're going to go to the mission field and they weren't getting the support from their parents. Because they didn't want to be far away from the grandkids or they didn't want to be so far away from them or it was dangerous or whatever it may be. Here Jesus, and if you read an earlier passage, you'll see how he meets these these men uh, first. Some were followers of John the Baptist and 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 they've they've spent some time with Jesus but now he comes along and he says to them follow me and it says that the two brothers Simon and Andrew followed him immediately and then John and James who were with their father making a living he calls them and they say love you dad we're going to go follow Jesus commitment it's going to take some sacrifice But it's going to take some commitment. Would you turn with me to Matthew 19? A few pages. Matthew 19. We see another invite from Jesus to a man to follow him. Look in verse 21. Let's jump up to verse 16. We'll read the whole story. And behold, one came, to, uh, came and said unto him, unto Jesus, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give it to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, For he had great possessions. Christ invites this, we call the young rich man. And he says, sell all that you have, give it to the poor. You shall have treasures in heaven. Come and follow me. And he says, I can't do that. I've worked hard to get all that that I have. I can't give everything up just to follow you. You see, Jesus says, follow me. And he asks that when you do so, that you are committed to following him no matter what. No matter where he calls you. No matter what he asks of you. No matter what sacrifice he tells you you need to make. He just says, follow me. To follow You're going to have to forsake. You're going to have to let go of your plans. You're going to have to let go of your desires. You're going to have to let go of your own way to follow Christ and what He has for you. I've told you that when God called me to start a church, my first response was kindly to say, No, thank you. Had a good income, had a good church, had a good situation. When we committed to leave Indiana and come to Kentucky, we had a plan. Nothing went according to plan, not a one thing. You know, and it's sitting there, and like I told you before, there were times. I just sit there and I go, God, what are you doing? This was supposed to be easier. It was pretty simple, right? I mean, you leave a a town of 2,500 people and you move to a town of 400,000 people, it's supposed to be easier. But it wasn't. I had people telling me, you just keep having faith. You just keep doing what God tells you to do. It'll be worth it. did have other people tell me, maybe you should quit. (laughs) Which encouraged me to not quit. But I said, well, I can't quit now. They told me to quit. They're going to think it was their idea, so I can't do that. Mm -hmm. We just kept on, I'm not saying this to brag, but to God's glory, we just kept on saying, all right, God, this is where you want us. And I've prayed multiple times over the last seven years. God, are you sure this is where you want us? If it is, then we'll just keep on. I have found that when you follow Jesus, he takes care of you. It doesn't mean that there's not nights where you're crying. Doesn't mean that there's not pain. Doesn't mean that there's not concern or worry. But if you'll just follow Jesus, He'll take care of you. This young man comes to Christ and he says, He's talking about eternity, but Christ says, Follow me. Give up what you have and just follow me. And we can see all throughout Scripture examples of people who followed Christ, who followed God. And then we got to see their names written down in the Bible for us to read throughout all of history of how God took care of them, of how God provided for them, of how God used them. I've met people who've said, Pastor, you don't understand what I've done. God can't use me. The response is, you don't understand who God is. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at Scripture. He used some of the most pathetic people. Some of the people with a, a horrible past. Some of the people with no ability. Some of the people with no personality. Some of the people who, with, uh, who doubted. He used grumpy people. Read Jonah. you doubt that God is capable of doing anything then you don't understand who God is and if you don't follow him then I don't believe you understand who God is because he has proven time and time again that if we follow he'll do the rest the problem is is that sometimes we follow and sometimes we don't we're wishy-washy that's a good Kentucky word We're not committed to following him. We'll say, all right, God, you just did something good for me, so I'm going to follow you kind of out of duty, out of responsibility. I kind of have to now. So we follow him for a little bit, then something comes and pushes us off track, a hardship in life, or something happens. Maybe it's even a good thing in life that happens, and all of a sudden we're not following him anymore. Well, I mean, I put in this work, and I did this thing, and... And I got this money from it, and, you know, I guess I don't really need God after all. Now, you'd say, I would never say that. No, you wouldn't, but you'd act like it. Well, I'm doing pretty good for myself. Well, good for you. You'd be doing a lot better if you're following Jesus. You say, well, if I followed Jesus, I wouldn't have all this money. Maybe not, but I bet you'd be happier. Some of the happiest people I know have nothing. It's incredible. I don't understand it. we'll meet some missionaries next month and we've already met some others and you see them come in you think, boy, that's hard. Why are they so happy? And yet here we sit in the pew. I'm tired. I've had a rough week. (laughs) All right, we'll try living without air conditioning or running water or with people who hate you. You see, they're happy. Why? Because they're following Jesus. And Jesus is the the result of, or gives us the result of, true, lasting joy. But we're not going to find it if we're not following him. And I encourage you, I strongly challenge you this morning, if you followed Jesus before, and you're not following him now, or maybe you can think back to the times in your life as I can, where times where I followed him, and then I didn't follow him, and then I followed him, and then I didn't follow him. May I encourage and challenge you this morning to commit to following him no matter what. It's not a one-time decision, by the way. It's a daily, moment-by-moment decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him. And I can guarantee you, I can't guarantee a lot of things in life, but I can guarantee you that if you follow Jesus, everything will work out just fine. You will be happy. Follow Jesus to be made. Follow Jesus to help others. And follow Jesus with commitment. If we do those things, I promise you will not regret it. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. God, I believe that we have many good people in the building today. And God, I know that we have people in the building today that love you. But Lord, I do not doubt. I know that we've all failed you. And Lord, I would assume we have some, if not most, that aren't following you the way that you desire for us to be to follow you. And Lord, I pray that you would help and you would erase us from our own life and Lord that we can understand that if we follow you, you can make us into something unique and something special and something that you can use for your honor and your glory. And Lord, I know that if we follow you, it will lead us to others. And God, I know there are times where I meet someone and I think I don't want to help them. So God, would you help us to follow you? And as you bring us to people, God, would you give us what we need to help those people? And God, I pray for our commitment. I would assume everyone, or at least close to everyone in the room today, would say, I know I should commit to following Jesus, and maybe there's been a time where I have committed to following Jesus, but I have to admit the commitment has failed. God, I pray today that you would help us to either commit or recommit to following you Lord, that we can be used of you. You desire, you've told us to go into the world and to preach the gospel to everyone. God, we can't do it on our own power. And you say, I'm with you always. So God, I pray that you would help us to follow you and that God, you would use us to be a part of the solution. God, that you would use us to fulfill the great commission that you've given us. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. The piano's going to play.